0: Before we start talking about any of the any of the normal content, um, I want to say that Trash Future officially no longer needs its listeners because it has achieved the goal that it was set out to to achieve, which is we got the Babe Station like <laughs> <laughs> we got we got a, a tweet faved from the official Babe Station HQ. We're Hell all yeah, babes
1: babe We're all babes. And you know and you know they went to a lot of trouble because it's really hard to get on
0: Twitter on a Nokia 3310. <laughs> So, it's uh, so my, my, me and Milo and Hussein are sitting here rolling around on beds, holding holding old Nakias. Um Boys are texting, are just texting Wanna us. Want to see more? Just call.
2: Texting, texting four digit numbers, saying what you up to. Oh yeah, mm.
0: it's it's excellent.
3: Finally, <laughs> texting four you know, digit numbers, saying
0: <laughs> <laughs> who are the hard left. It's like <laughs> it's it's like um, it's like uh, it's like Gandhi said, you know. Be the babe you want to see in the world. <laughs> Welcome to Trash Future, the podcast where the future is trash if we don't implement fully automated luxury gay space communism. Buy a shirt. Buy a shirt from Lil Comrade. Come on and fire your descent with a shirt. Join the Navy. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and now we are officially, officially liked by Babe Station, is the new tagline. Uh, I am here with, with my main, my main gentleman. I'm here with the classic, the three, the classic garbage men, uh, Milo Edwards coming in from Moscow. The original boys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's me. It's me, Milo Edwards. I'm in a
1: fucking atrocious mood and I'm very ill, so I'm very ready to talk about the content and get incredibly incensed about it. I've also accidentally bought loose leaf tea instead of tea bags, so I'm picking tea out of my fucking tea so I let's thought, do this.
2: I thought in Russia all you do is like drink dill. Well, they do try
1: and make you eat a lot. I did once have a pizza with dill on it, and I was very yeah. upset by that. You've, you've just brought back a sort of PTSD <laughs> in the past, to be honest. Yeah, PTS <laughs> dill. <laughs> uh,
0: we got PTSD dill.
1: We that got- is actually what the
0: D in PTSD stands for. <laughs> and and, and here, in, here in the bougie Hackney flat, we also have Hussein. Hello. It's been a while since I've been here,
2: because um, we've been recording in the studio for the past few episodes, at least the ones that I've been on. Um, and I've got to say it still has that weird damp smell to it what? um and it's the uh, smell of busting yeah and I, I, <laughs> thanks for really, I, yeah, I, I was trying to like segue into that joke um because like riley's gonna be on his own for a while right oh yeah yeah so the flat's just gonna smell of damn no i've got and i, s- gonna I go
0: live in. on a farm <laughs> where i can run around with lots of other rileys <laughs> Uh, no, I, I haven't been doing my dishes because I do my dishes before I need them. Um, because then I'm doing the minimum number of dishes I need. It's like just-in-time manufacturing. You guys don't know anything about business, <laughs> uh, right? Like, yeah. honestly, it's like a bit pathetic. Like, have you ever even watched a Jay Shetty video?
2: I came, I, came, I, uh, I, I came into the flat and I just saw you, like, in your underwear, reading Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules of Life. Um, just try to like bust one out. And when I was like, Riley, what the fuck are you doing? Because like, Angus is like right behind you. Oh shit, we haven't introduced a guest, Sorry, you?
0: yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> we're so good at Observing. this. Observing. Um, and yeah, and, and today we are joined um, we really by, by me having a peppercorn in my mouth from having eaten a, a very fine, saucy saw. Um, but we're also joined by Angus Harrison. These days. We're joined by Angus Harrison, uh, who you may know. Uh, Formerly of Vice, now of journalism.
3: Yeah, now of just the world. Now I'm getting my life. (laughs) As opposed
0: to whatever it is they do at Vice.
3: Yeah, Uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. woo Very happy to be here on this beautiful patio. Yeah, we're now having the, podcast
0: uh, out. We're having podcast outside it's very today. Cool. Wow, so the heat of summer's here.
3: The
2: best thing about doing podcasts outside is that Riley's neighbors walk past, and right. they always walk past when like he's doing some sort of bit about the extended like, cum babe station. Or bit, or jeez, yeah, or, like, babe station. Or and mean, probably give him this look. It's like this look of like not necessarily disappointment or weirdness but just the fact that oh it's this fucking kid again i
3: mean they probably know they can hear through the walls right they like they, <laughs> yeah. surely they know what's going on one the, of, the
2: same the same one that screams clean your room just as he busts
0: mm. <laughs> absolutely it's like you know it's like you ev- anyone can bust in a messy room but you can Dear only get someone pregnant in a clean could room please you keep
1: down the noise from endorsing people at linkedin after <laughs> 11 p.m <laughs> some of us are trying to sleep <laughs> The slap of your flaccid penis on the keyboard as you endorse someone once again for just-in-time manufacturing and anime knowledge is incredibly disturbing. These walls are paper thin, Riley, paper thin. You know what's funny is people download and listen to this.
3: That is funny. Yes, it's unbelievable.
1: Riley and I were talking about this the other day, how I genuinely... De- when when people went in so hard for the Commie Book Club episode, I was so surprised that there were so many people in our listenership who were like here for like serious socialist commentary. And it's like, why do you listen to any of the other episodes? <laughs> like, like,
0: go home. <laughs> what? I have a real theory as to why that is that kind of plays into a bit of the, of the stuff we're going to be talking about today, because... Angus is the author of, of, of many an article. Um, yeah. What many, a, an article or two. A practical but- content farmer, you might call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so welcome to Trash Future. is a business
2: podcast. We're talking about entrepreneurial ideas. We're talking about what's the best way to maximize your time. And we thought Angus would be a good guy to do it. Um, okay, so no, in seriousness, we um, there's an article that's been circulating around our WhatsApp, mm-hmm. Slack, I'm. I'm
0: obsessed with it.
2: MSN Messenger, Bebo, um, and it's all about. Um, it's, it's about this thing called the experience economy, and I don't know the title of it because
0: the experience economy is killing youth culture. Yeah.
2: Okay. Cool. Um,
0: as I'm a Fra- as I'm basically a Frankfurt school obsessive. Yeah.
2: So, like, to Wait, I thought yeah.
0: millennials were killing East culture.
2: <laughs> well, no, we're, we're getting to this, because apparently millennials are the ones who really like the experience economy.
0: Right? Well, that's questionable.
2: Um, and we'll get on to that in the If discussion. we really like
0: it at all. Um, Maybe we just like eating on mic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the premise of the article was looking at these kind of new kind of events and experience activities that tend to happen in like cities like London. Uh, so you might know them as like escape rooms or like giant ball pits. Some of us know giant ball pits better than others. Uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what Riley calls his bedroom. I guess like uh, I guess like Iron Man things can also yeah, fit into that space, yeah. but that's also questionable. Yeah. Um uh, there's lots of like gym related stuff. Or there lots is. of like um, you know, my cousins who are both like lawyers, they keep w- WhatsApping me saying, Hey, we should go trampolining. And I kind of wonder, Oh why my God, th- my
0: normie cousin's doing that.
2: Like, why, why why the fuck would I want to go trampolining? Like, mm. I don't understand. And the it's answer haram. I usually get back is that, Oh, it's fun. Stop being a spoil sport, which is also oh, why lots yes. of people end up in escape rooms, right? Right. Um. So that's kind of the premise of it. And what your article was trying to do was, or like what we kind of read it as, was like trying to look at like the bigger political. Like what's actually happening in like political totally. economy to cause things like that? Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. I think
3: that's it. And I think th- something that you've picked up on there that is really c- like crucial to this Besides is my terrible here. cousins. <laughs> Besides your cousins, um, is is that people immediately like? I actually, uh, it took me quite a while almost to formulate my thoughts as to why I I <laughs> sensed something was up with this trend, but I wasn't like. It took me a long while to work out what it was. I think because the face of it, it seems like the most Uh, obviously positive thing possible it's you know it's it's young people turning their back on materialism it's um people wanting to try new things um in in its essence you'd think that that experience that experiential thing should be really positive Mm
1: um as a young person i'm really into cartesian dualism please go on
3: (laughs) (laughs) you know people you know people turning their back on cartesian dualism as well you know uh, this should be a positive thing um, I think, therefore I bust. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, what what I think is also happening is that, and the the headline of the article, this kind of suggestion that it's killing youth culture, is obviously quite uh, hyperbolic. But I think the reason for that being that it's seen as so unbelievably positive and this can only be a good thing, that there is actually an undertone to this. There is a negative uh, kind of drag to this trend in that people are basically doing these very experiential things once for about like, 25 quid uh and then never doing them again so you don't actually get any kind of uh, cultural consistency or any kind of uh yeah investment in in culture in that sense. Well, I
0: mean I mean when I was when I was reading this 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 article sort of one of the things that sort of why why it sort of made me kind of sort of react so strongly was that I sort of I saw it from like up from like a marxist perspective, right? Where Marx thinks that humanity sort of humans gain a kind of rich, full, and meaningful life through labor and through doing, the doing of things. And so Marx thinks that we gain meaning in our lives through labor and through the doing of, of stuff and the, the making of stuff even. And that why sort of capitalism was so alienating was that your labor is sort of abstracted away from you. So if you're an assembly line worker, what you make is what do you make while well, I screw a bolt into a thing? You know, oh, then there's an end product, and then okay, well, off the end product goes, and it's not really mine. And so I'm laboring, but at no point does that labor redound to me. And then the sort of and 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 so what you so what you we get, I think, is is, is we get a lot of people who sort of have lives that have no labor in them at all. Like a lot because a lot of the people who are doing this experience economy stuff are like management consultants or whatever. Yeah, right, totally. They're people. They're people who have no atomism. Podcasters. Podcasters. <laughs> <They're> people <well, laughs> specifically no Myla. well almost no um, sp- it's, it's which is and, and they are then sort of seek some kind of external yeah. meaning by just participating in stuff yeah but they're participating in stuff sort of it's very just sort of handed down to them. So it's like a, it's a bit like a roller coaster. Totally,
3: totally. That's one of the, and actually, I think some of the funniest, like most farcical examples of this trend, uh, and these are things you can actually do, is where you get people doing soap making or basket weaving for an uh, for an evening. And I think I say in the article that I can't think of anything more late capitalism than doing basket weaving for an evening for it's forty like pounds. The real feudalism a... experience. Yeah, exactly right. It's like yeah, like when I said
1: I was going for surf lessons, you misunderstood me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah it's it's like amazing just how uh like yeah kind of straightforwardly um experiential It is the experience of just, yeah, making shit. Just, like, sitting in a room and, like, like weaving a basket and then getting a free glass of bubbly at the end of the evening is just, to me, like, such a bizarre... And also, like, we should confront the other thing is that, like, so much of these uh, experiential things are just shite. Like, that's almost, like, beyond all the political kind of, like, uh, undercurrents to this. There's so much of it that's just, like, really naff. Like, going somewhere to just, like, learn how to shoot a crossbow uh, for 45 minutes or... Zorb football, which I've actually done on a stag do and is just, it's just like, so Zorb football is where you wear a Zorb around the top half of your body. So you're like encased in the Zorb and your little legs are like, like Fred Flintstone driving his car, like running underneath the Zorb, (laughs) which means that people then like barge into you and you kind of, you roll a bit um as i learned actually if you roll fully up you then get stuck so i spent a lot of mine with just the blood rushing to my head as my zorb was just the wrong way they out. call oh, that yeah. a legal high yeah it's like k2 spice yeah i actually had the best time out of anyone um, <laughs> but you see so like this down- is soon
1: what being a soldier will be like <laughs>
3: <laughs> this is your new protective gear uh but yeah so th- yeah. there's like zorb football and there's a lot of these things that actually it's almost like the, the the thrill of doing something new means that you should try anything regardless of whether or not that thing is actually going to be any fun. Like actually running around in a big plastic ball trying to play football is obviously not that fun. Football is fun. Yeah. They invented it. It's like good. You run around, you play football. Introducing a big like rubber bubble into that isn't... Yeah necessarily mm. going to be a more enjoyable I, I like the
1: idea of a guy for a stag do being like, okay, I need to like have a weekend with the boys where I like do those things that I won't be able to do once I'm married. That's <laughs> like the sort of thing that my wife is going to forbid me from ever being able to do and it's like imagine and realize my fantasy of being a hamster
3: <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, here's the stop king I shaving. feel like I should also say that um, I'm sure my mate who stag it was will listen to this and then be like oh well fuck you <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were not getting invited to the 10-year anniversary party yeah, um, you it was, we all had a great time but it was just like a classic example of an activity that like actually we all were just knackered and everyone had like really yeah. bloody knees and
1: I would only respect it if they did it at the actual wedding as well like all the groomsmen had to wear them and we're just constantly banterously charging into
0: each other all of married <laughs> life in fact
3: yeah well yeah. you know if you really uh, want to experience it we well, never take it off
0: well look here's uh, we've we really charged into this we've really charged into the experience economy uh sort of discussion mm, i think we, we i think we i think we should do a little bit of table setting before we get any further sure. which is we have this this thing called the experience economy where i think it's 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 that people want to, rather than buying stuff, want to do stuff. Right? Yeah, I mean, I um, think
3: above, like the the article that I wrote actually goes in on a more specific um, kind of cultural phenomenon that's attached to that. The actual experience economy, as a descriptive term, just applies to yeah the economy of doing rather than but yeah, it's owning.
0: also the other the other thing that I sort of noted from it. Is that it's there is there is no is that there are two unique elements to the experience economy as you define it, which is that it's never done in private, it's always sort of done publicly or at least in a way that's shareable, mm-hmm. uh, even busting. And secondly, it's always a paint by numbers, in effect. Yeah, it's either it's 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 very sort of it's passive, and and to me it feels as though this is something that real that sort of exists. Um, that it, that couldn't really not just not just social media, but really dating apps. This is mostly so people have something to talk to each other about mm. on dating apps, uh, because mm. all of their jobs are
3: basically the same. Yeah, um, no, completely. Um, you're absolutely right about the shareable element of it. I mean, there are some. You'll read some um, writing about the experience economy that includes restaurants and pubs and going to the theater and going to the cinema, because there has been an yeah. up. There's been an uptick in that versus mm. people buying things but i, I kind I of that's I, right. I think that is yeah absolutely um but i think the actual the more like arse end of it if you will to use the uh, <laughs> to use the uh official term <laughs> 40,
0: 40 quid a basket and some bubbly. yeah
3: that that i think that's where you you it really betrays what's really going on the shareable aspect the fact that yeah you have this like focal activity you like make a candle with someone and suddenly then there's like a uh, and I, I've actually had it. I mean, like, I, I when I was single, I would have it where you would chat someone, and then you'd be like, "Oh, let's go for a drink," and they'd say, "Like, hey, do you want to go to this bar where there are hot tubs, and you sit in a hot tub and have a drink in that?" And obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not topless now, but it's it's not you know it's not it's I just like a und- it's we, it's we are. I mean, yeah, these guys are, which is like, because because where we have our
0: Nokia, we have our Nokia phones. Well, yeah, we're getting I mean, calls, right? you like, now you're not
3: babe station endorsed. That's the anyway. And, too, and it's England,
2: podcast. so like when the sun's out, you have to take a
0: shower. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Why do we that. live
0: a Sharia state? God, I wish.
1: <laughs> it's actually in Magna Carta. Sun's out, guns out.
0: Living in this sort of NAF preschool that is London now, because mm. that's really what the experience economy yeah. is. Is it turns the world into a dumb preschool yeah. for adult babies? Mm. Um I would I'm a salafist at this point. <laughs> I'm like I, I'm a full salafist. I believe in a very austere and and intense I love version of Islam. Um <laughs> I, I, I'm actually, honestly, if it would kill the experience economy, I'm willing to do away with representations of the human body. I don't need those as much as I hate the experience economy. Yeah.
1: Riley, what are you talking about? You spend, like, the majority of your day watching pornography. Like, what would you do?
0: <laughs> like, genuinely. <You're> fine. <laughs> fine, fine, you got me. No, I would this rebalance. This is even on brand for you. I'd rebalance. I'd I'd focus on Marxist literature and I would go 100 percent in <laughs> as opposed to my current 50 50.
3: Yeah, of just porn and anger against ball pits, basically, which is the so- so- Riley
0: would bust thinking about the hadith. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Technically fine because the hadith is not a holy text. It's
3: like it's, conjecture. He's not, it's not wrong. It's supplementary literature. It's, uh, <laughs> it's secondary literature. Yeah. I think you so, I just lost the babe station endorsement. Yeah. You want to be, uh, no, so I don't
0: know if anything. Yeah. I mean, what? I don't think the babe station. I don't think babe station is really that committed to also the sayings this, of the prophet. Also,
2: anything they're Sufi, right? So they're probably fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, though my my favorite yeah, thing is Alawi. <laughs> <processed. laughs>
2: Can we talk about like tough mudder and stuff? Yeah. Oh, we like, can. And everything actually.
0: Yeah. I kind of bef- as we yeah. sort of get into that, I kind of want to talk about. what I want to get a, just a list. What are some examples of some yeah. experience economy activities? we covered. Well, we've kept alluding to the ball pit, <laughs> um, but. We've talked about sort of Zorb football and basket making.
3: Escape rooms. Escape rooms. Escape, like rooms. escape rooms are a big ones. So these rooms where you're you're locked in a room and then you have a, a kind of like a crystal maze-esque yeah. challenge to try and work your way out of it. Like a, a, a big real life yeah. version of Cluedo that never ends.
2: And then you've got the bougie ones, like um, wine tasting. Yeah. And I
3: saw one where it was like wine
2: tasting in like, they had separate rooms and like the rooms, there were different temperatures or like different types of like, fresh air pressure in the rooms. right
3: what air different air pressure different air different. Well, like, so fucking stupid
2: to, like, um <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> eventually in the last room your skull is crushed I get asphyxiated <laughs> while
3: with, with while a lovely can... bottle of sunset uh, really
0: no really like guys there's actually no way the, the only way you could enjoy a Pomeran is if you actually have been squashed down like an accordion <laughs> yeah. and um, you've got like piano key teeth. <laughs> I mean like cook, cooking is a Loma. Co- cooking. cooking is a classic one. Cooking and actually
3: cooking's one. an interesting one because I, I actually mentioned this in the article. Like I have been on it like I really like cooking. It's something I'm really into and like I've been on a cookery course and I was a bit loath to throw that in with it, but then it totally is part of it. Yeah. It is part of it. Like there's there's no way around that. Th- as much well, but, as I enjoyed I th- doing I mean
2: that. there's lots there's lots of ones that 'cause because obviously like we're all like similar age, except for Riley, who's, like, 35. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> literally
0: not true.
2: <laughs> so, like, you know, so we're at the age when, like, people are getting married and, like, they're, you know, think about having kids and all that stuff. And, you know, for... Large fail for large like fail sons like us like we're, we're like shit we've got to like you know sort our lives out like what the fuck are we doing just like sitting around doing a podcast in the middle of the day go to
1: go to a class to make larry but really expressive shirts for the boardroom
2: <laughs> perfect for the boardroom taught technology. by a
1: successful entrepreneur
2: um you know so these and like, the ball pit I, there's but part of these escape rooms are like sort of designed for guys who um. Like you know, they want to like develop themselves as like better people, right? So yeah, that's where like, training the, for Guantanamo Bay. Like, the-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that they do- I don't think it's that they want to develop themselves as better people. It's that I think they I want, want reassure to reassure them themselves. They they they're desperate to become more interesting.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the type of like what connects all of it is yeah. the is the idea of wanting to look like you're the most diverse kind of interesting and this comes back to the shareable thing right like if your yeah. instagram story features yeah, you yeah, doing yeah, like a terrarium yeah. workshop yeah um <laughs> you're, like, yeah yeah yeah, or or like, yeah. Like, oh like, christ like
2: classic one during the summer which is like these guys who are like holding on to who are like who've just done tough mudder stuff they're like covered yeah. in mud they you know holding like their my protein like shakers Mm. the wank um, thing doing the wank thing um and their caption was always just like i went through like you know i went through all these like electrocutions to get here but hashtag worth it or something like
3: that yeah it's
0: something
1: that you shake and you get protein out of it but it's definitely not gay
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's not gay if it's tough mudder
1: uh, i once heard i once heard tough mudder described quote unquote as a marathon for cunts which i I disagree with only insofar as I think regular marathons are marathons for cunts. Like I really, like I really dislike anyone who runs marathons. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as someone who likes doing sport, but like marathons are just like medically proven to be like really bad for you. And people only do them to show off. It's like, the only reason to run a marathon is to be like, look, I run a fucking marathon. It's like go fuck yourself. I don't care. <laughs>
3: well, I think ten k's are much more, much more. Go that like. I feel like with a 10K and I have, I have done a 10, this is the thing I've like done a ton of the stuff that I've slate in this article. Like I've done a 10K and actually after it was just like, I'm not going to do that.
2: We've only done two Ks.
0: (laughs) Well speak for yourself. I'm a very strong runner. Sucking dick
1: while my man running 10K.
2: (laughs) I was was like, that. sake. (laughs) this is why Milo's the comedian. Um,
3: (laughs) But they, t- I think, th- I think they're a part of it. I think they're the, they're this sort of uh, acceptable end of it. As in, like, yeah. if you run a marathon, everyone kind of has to do that slightly reverent, like, "Oh, well done, you. Uh, that's yeah. clearly well, a superhuman achievement." What, what, Whereas, like,
0: what I kind of want to get into though is, we say, like, what's the difference between loving co- loving cookery and doing a cookery course to get better at cookery
3: and an experience economy activity? So, I think for me, one of the big hallmarks of the experience economy would be uh whether you did a six month pasta making course or whether you did a maybe one night uh I don't know like tortellini making workshop like a workshop thing where you go possibly with someone you've never met before like on a like a date or you know just like a couple of friends you get a bit pissed while you're doing it and you make it and then that's it like it it ends after you leave that room there is no kind of legacy from that experience so it
1: god imagine going on a 6 month pasta making course only then to discover what everyone else already knew which is that you can buy it in a fucking shop
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like the most it's like the bit of the meal that the quality of it makes the least difference like go on a 6 month fucking sauce making course <laughs> yeah.
2: like. i mean as someone who made i made pasta last week right and yeah, while I was right did, I, I made it i was it took a lot of time it like I rolled it out and like I don't and then I put it in and then when I made it it was like fuck's sake this tastes exactly the same this tastes exactly the same as like the Happy Shopper star.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean i actually In fact it was uh, worse because like it sort of stuck together in a way. Yeah. Is just, okay. <laughs> it's a real pain in the arse making pasta. Um, but I just I think I guess what I'm basically getting at is it depends what the what the end goal is. And if your yeah. end goal is to, I mean, it sounds like awful. Cause like if the end goal is to have a fun evening, then it's like, you're a dick for saying that somebody shouldn't do that. But I think when yeah. all these are, uh, ultimately often trades is one of the weirdest things. Like yeah. trades are kind of packaged as fun evenings. There's something very, Odd about that. There's just something that strikes me is like clearly something's gone wrong at some stage. So, if, like, like a, making like rugs a one hour
1: making... roof tiling work, yeah, it, 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 no, I mean, like, seco. that's so
3: like, I, I so wouldn't be that shocked to see that there was like a, a, a like a tile making, like a terracotta tile making, what? or like, I bet there's a plant pot one that definitely would be one. We Wait, it's because
0: our, like... our economy is just so abstracted at this point. That I don't think anyone knows what, I don't think any, if you asked anyone what their job is, and you sort of talked to them about it for more than five minutes, they would probably admit to you that they don't do anything. They would admit
2: that right. in like the first five Oh years. no,
0: I admit, I, I say that to people before they even ask about my job. Um, Riley has that on a t shirt. Uh, oh, Edie, make me that t shirt. Um, <laughs> but, right, like, it's most people, I don't think they think they really do anything. I think most people just think that they sort of go into an office and no one notices that they're not doing anything, and then they spend another day not getting fired. Because no one's noticed that they don't do anything, that they just sort of copy something from one spreadsheet to another and then back to the other spreadsheet. And I think there is there is this, as I was saying earlier with Marx, like there is this innate human desire to do and make something and to sort of see yourself reflected in the world. Mm. And it's like in many ways, you know, this it gives you a way in it gives you a way into doing that. Or it gives you a way into feeling like you're somehow not wasting your life. Because mm. we're all paying like fucking half of our income and rent to just live in this city. We wanna somehow get something out of it.
2: And that's like and that's also where it feeds into the whole social media thing, right? So like <clears throat> I'll go on Instagram like every weekend. And, you know, you'll see people like either taking pictures and I'm guilty of this as well. Like they'll take pictures of things that they've cooked or like things that they've made or it's not even like the things that I see online yeah. aren't. Yeah, Hussein,
1: all... your Instagram is so normie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like two different people between Twitter and Instagram.
2: Yeah, I feel like I have a different person on every social media feed. When you make something and you're innately proud of the thing that you've made. And this is where I also don't want to like shit too much on like these experience economy things, especially things that kind of at least if you're giving someone like a little bit of like meaning, or, like, self-worth at a time when, like, they're working in jobs which innately, like, try to remove them from that, then holistically that's a
3: good thing, right? Um, yeah, I, I just, I think what I question is whether or not people are actually getting the the good feeling that you'd think you'd maybe assume they were getting. I actually yeah. think this is different. I think if you make pasta like in your kitchen and you, then you cook it for your friends and you serve them the pasta yeah. with just it within your flat, I think then, yeah, totally. Like yeah, I can yeah. totally see how that has like a holistic uh, yeah. value. But I think there's something about the the performance of these experiences. Yeah. And, and the novelty and the, yeah, also. And the novelty of them, yeah. which is like, it's not actually built necessarily. It's almost not built around the actual activity you're doing like there's very little of ironically for something that's so uh built on the idea of living for the moment actually the moment itself almost is the moment of least worth it's about like so like
2: capturing that moment
3: ca- right? yeah exactly project you-
1: well exactly it's about tricking people into thinking you did something which is why i regularly invite my friends around for an unforgettable luncheon when in reality what i've done is i've bought fast food and described it <laughs> disguised it as my own <laughs> cooking <laughs>
0: Here's the thing. If you talk to me for long enough, I will somehow find a way to bring it back around to Adorno and Horkheimer, my boys, (laughs) um, where we talk about how, like, (laughs) Tinder bio. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about how, like, if the culture industry, and this is certainly a part of the culture industry, is designed not just to sort of distract and propagandize as, you know, like someone like Noam Chomsky might have argued laterally, but it's designed to just sort of amuse and infantilize. um, That... All you're really doing is that you're, uh, you're, you're thinking about your own identity as, as stuff that you consume. And the, the, uh, the fact is, I think, an experience economy consumption, material consumption, commodity fetishism, it's different, basically not at all. It's only incidentally different. It's just the commodity you're fetishizing is a way in which you're somehow superficially altering yourself.
3: Totally. I oh. totally agree. I think that it's a false dichotomy to suggest that this is a, a break with materialism. It's not. It's not actually a break with um, wanting to cover an object because of what it speaks to your identity. This is just like an extension of that and moving that into the experiential space, and basically.
0: I think I think really that's what commodity... I think that's a lot of what sort of the concept of commodity fetishism was all about. Is, And I mean, look, I'm going to steer hard into Lacan at this point. <laughs> uh because look like an uber self driving car yeah, i'm going to steer out it, the lacan's no um that's the thing it's look look listeners i can talk about this or beating off your choice um but that everyone's just des- everyone's off. desire the two, the two genders is is me <laughs> <laughs> look um <laughs> this has become the rick and morty fan base <laughs> people are sort of fundamentally sort of discontented and alienated and are deeply desirous of change and look, and and so you sort of keep moving. And this is where like 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 Lacan like talks about like does like the, the impossibility of the fulfillment of desire is that you keep going to these external sources, whether that's a commodity or whether that's a fucking nude pasta making class. Like you keep thinking that this will finally be the thing that transforms you, mm-hmm. and it never is. And so you end up on the same hamster wheel, and it well, never ends. And, yeah, or well, or in a hamster a suit, in the same <laughs> zorb ball,
3: baby. <Yeah. laughs> I think it's also really connected to London that you referenced London earlier, but I think there's like no mistake that like, I just don't think this is, I mean, I'm from Bristol originally and you see like a bit of this, but nowhere near in the way that you see in London. And it makes so much sense to me that there's this, the, the sort of falseness of London is inherently married to the kind of artificiality of these bizarre exercises in like, allotment tending Mm. or you know like yeah pasta making or all all these things i I, I just think it's also inherently you know whether it's like wanting to experience what it's like to make something or just wanting to experience what it's like to almost imagine that you have a a culture it's also just
2: like wanting to kind of say that you're more than just like an office person right like there's a reason why like the people who go to escape rooms or go to these kinds of classes tend to exist tend to like exist within a certain like demographic of new london worker so they'll mm. be the same type of worker who like you know they spend the majority of their time working in like some sort of management finance job uh, not really sure what they're doing or why they're there but also realizing that like they worked really hard to kind of get this job in london mm, totally. especially if like and i've noticed this especially from people who live outside of the city as well right um so people that i went to school with because i um come and still live from live in kent um, but other people I went to university with who like came from like various small northern towns like Grantham and everything mm. so you like build up this expectation of what London should be uh, yeah exactly and you've got exactly. to like fulfill that because otherwise what was the fucking point and yeah. like the amount of people that I know who have been in like their management consulting jobs for like two three years and initially it was like great because like I love working long hours and I love like you know going up in my perspex building and everything Yeah. to the point now where it's just like what the fuck am I doing why I'd am I paying like... 900
3: pounds yeah and, they, and they go to and... these
2: pasta making classes and it was like, oh, that's great. I really wish I could, like, move to Italy and just, like, be a pasta maker. <laughs> but,
0: yeah.
3: time. But, but that's the other thing,
0: right? Like, it's that if, if we have to differentiate London, this happens in New York as well. But if we have to differentiate these extraordinarily expensive, very time-consuming places that we all have to live in to do jobs we hate, it's because, well, you can't do a pasta making class in Grantham. They don't offer yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. Trash future past oh,
2: yeah. me in class. Trash they future past me in class. One night,
0: <laughs> <laughs> one night only. <laughs> but it's it's that feeling. It's that feeling of sort of of specialness. I think mm. it's that feeling of of almost of sort of faux spontaneity. Mm. And it's mm.
3: totally totally. And it's basically I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, lest we lest we forget that London is a city in which the nightclub infernos Clapham continues to exist, which is like. It is literally a daycare for the worst cunts that I went to university with. That's all it is. Like, I once, I, I'm i going to tell this story. I might have told it on the podcast before, but fuck it. I once got dragged to Inferno's Clapham by my laddiest friend. Um, and after, after bumping into a load of people that I'd forgotten existed from Cambridge, who I really never wanted to see again, I went to the toilet for a break from those people. And a guy sidled up to me. Now, what you forget about Inferno's Clapham is that there are two types of cunt who go there, but they're different. You've got Schweffy Oxbridge cunt, cunt type, genotype number one. Then you've also got like Essex lad on a massive night out cunt. Um, And that's who I bumped into in the toilet who sidled up next to me at the urinal and said like, oh mate, this has got to be the best night out in the Southeast. I didn't reply. He then decides to go further. He goes, the standard of birds in here is absolutely outrageous. At which point I said, Perhaps you should make an official complaint. He breezed over that because at this point another man entered the toilet and went past him to try and get into the cubicle. Our man wheels around going, Oi, mate, got any Charlie? And begins pissing against the wall. And turn knows
3: That's
0: who the experience economy is for.
3: I also think you can divide people who use the word Charlie for Coke uh, into an entire separate subset of human beings. I just can't, (laughs) like, I actually don't, I don't think I've ever actually met them. I've only heard of them. So I I went to an experience
2: economy thing last week, actually, for one of my uh, mate's birthdays. Um, Make your
1: own manga class.
2: (laughs) No, 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 no. thank you for ruining my birthday. Um, surprise for everyone. Uh, you're not invited. I mean, like, I was just going to beam you up from a screen anyway, but, like, now, fuck off. Um, Skype in. No, I went to something, I went to, like, a golf thing. So, it was, like, you're in this bar in somewhere in Morgan. Oh,
3: right, the, like, junkyard golf thing. Is yeah, yeah, scored? yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: and it's, like, you know, puck, like, nine-hole puck golf, where and like i, I went in and i knew it was gonna be shit like i knew it was just gonna be terrible but it was one of those things where it was like okay fuck it like you know you kind of have to go do it and you spend most of the time just like waiting for other people to like <laughs> drunkenly like put this hole into yeah, like a yeah, hole yeah. um and you could like separate the type of guys who like enjoyed it and the ones who didn't and the ones who enjoyed it always wore like the same type of like short sleeved like collar shirt um chelsea boots like bit of like you know fitted jeans and everything and we all have like the same faded haircut and we're all just like mate 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 two in one mate like if that's you're like wearing a, sl- say- a
1: short sleeve collared shirt you are definitely from essex yeah that it's, is that's, like that's that's, a, that's anyone a who's not from essex wearing that that's yeah. cultural that's, appropriation
0: that's experience economy morse code <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like at the you know and at the end it's like it wasn't i mean okay maybe some people find it fun so maybe some people i want to get it. under and, that and i don't want to be like i don't want to get too deep into it because okay it's like you know, if you live in London and it's like something like a birthday or something, there is that question of like, well, what do you do? And, th- and actually, there's a really important point to this as well, which is, OK, like, as you said, lots of people rent their properties in London. Right. And they have landlords who are like, you can't have like fucking parties in like my house or you can't have it in the flat. Um, you have less. My, people who are In my, to in go my to opinion,
0: like- <laughs> landlords into the sun
2: so like if you're like in your early 20s it might be really good it might be really easy to ha- have a house party or something i find that likes harder later on so you're like okay what can i do that can be done in relatively few hours isn't that expensive um can be enjoyed by everyone you're looking to kind of please everyone as well and i think those type, these types of events like sort of exist yeah they exist for like people who just aren't happy with cocaine and like rick and
0: morty the um I think I think I do think you, you touch on something crucial here, which is just that people have limited options and of of things to do and eventually hanging out with the same group of people at the same couple of pubs is just going to get boring.
3: Yeah. I think that's really interesting though. Like that I think speaks to a generational shift though, yeah. right? Because why is that boring? That's what hmm. like our parents did that's what generations have done for a long time in this country is basically go to the same clubs the same nightclubs like i find nightclub stake in this really interesting like i've written i basically was almost exclusively wrote about nightclubs for a couple of years yeah. and some of the best nights out in the was... southeast yeah yeah <laughs> uh, largely about infernos actually um,
1: <laughs> it's worse than anything dante could have imagined ironically you're you saying about <laughs> um, nightclubs. You no, know, basically,
3: like. so there's a, there was a st- statistic that was came out in like 2016. That I now will completely butcher and not remember that basically the UK had lost like yeah. over half its nightclubs. Like everyone was talking about it loads, and one of the main things people put that down to was this idea that like people just aren't really interested in nightclubs in the same way that they were. Yeah, and it's as though there's been a shift towards the idea of going to a place like going to a nightclub over and over again. I mean, if you say, take like New York in the 1970s, you have very few nightclubs of note and very yeah. few DJs of note. It's like the same thing weekend after weekend. You go to this nightclub because you know this DJ is going to be there on a Saturday night and it's going to be good. We would never go for that shit. Now, we'd never go for the idea of like, oh, I know that I will always go to this nightclub on a Friday night because there's this resident DJ who I really like. We f- we kind of like bounce across the map of London trying like a different nightclub each weekend because there's yeah. going to be like a Dance different- floor pasta well, it. <laughs> yeah, you know, which one has the best
0: tortellini I- workshop going? You know, that's uh- a... <laughs> I genuinely think it's because people are obsessed with this fa- with this idea that they can never not be self-improving somehow. Mm. They must all it's it's we are sold this idea that even in our leisure time we must improve ourselves. Even mm. in our leisure time we must we must be learning stuff. It's you can never just sit down and get drunk by a fucking canal. Yeah. You have to be Going make to make a workshop. At the same time. Yeah, you have to be
3: fucking the experience
1: like... economy, like being a tramp workshop. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, a really three interesting cans of special brew included. <laughs> An interesting window into that is is the the interested button on a Facebook event. Yeah, what is the interested button other than a way of saying to lots of people? I am interested. It's the way I keep like, my diary. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's that <laughs> there is a useful element to it. But then, why is there not just an, a way of saving something privately? Do you know what I mean there is? There's yeah. just this thing of like you click a button to express your interest in yeah. something that then like publicly goes up on on everyone else's newsfeed. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if events people, are
1: I, just labelled jihad and I'm just there clicking interested.
2: <laughs> <laughs> YPG London meetup. Uh, past, past, past the making included. I was, just, I was just thinking about what you were saying about nightclubs. And how, like, it's a really London thing to be like, you know, let's try London nightclubs across the city, right? So, where I live in Kent, and the few people who have kind of like remained who haven't like moved to like Peckham or Hackney and stuff, like, they're all they're the kind of people who will like on Saturday evenings, they will take the same train to central london and we'll go to the same club and it'll usually be this club in like
3: leicester square or it'll be like a club in you know one of the big ones that like
0: these people exist
2: yeah 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 you no, know no, no, and so, i
3: mean even as i was saying earlier like even in bristol yeah. uh like manchester which yeah. is where i studied like you get you get much more of a an affiliation yeah. to I, a place I, I sort of i sort of wonder whether like the experience of being someone who like
2: lives in lives in london like proper proper London. And like the suburban commuter, like that experience when it comes to, because I feel like a lot of these escape rooms, a lot of these like activities and stuff are also partially designed for like the type of people who still think that like going to London on a night out is like a really fun thing to do. Um, which yeah. maybe like we've sort of tired from as a result of like yeah
3: working no no, in this no. Garbage city, like
1: for so long the night out in london is the opiate of the masses <laughs>
2: it, reminds <laughs> of, it reminds me of that like, in betweeners episode I don't know. did you ever watch the in between
0: no okay baby station only baby station okay. i did back in the day <laughs> yeah so, i was 15 don't judge me so
2: no no i still think big fan. i still I think, that, I, a I, I still back think back it's a though, great yeah. show and there was like that show where like they all the whole show was about them going to a club in London. Yeah. and half the episode was them just really hyping up like how amazing like London would be, and they went to like the shittest nightclub, and it was basically just, they, they basically went to like Inferno's in Clapham, right? And everything went wrong. One on, of like, them having a cut bellend. <laughs> I remember
1: that being like a <laughs> yeah. main plot point <laughs> of the ended episode. one of like cutting his penis, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. Hashtag
1: trash boys night out.
2: And, but it still resonates because those are the types of conversations that a lot of people who live in Kent like have about going to London, right?
3: It was like, yeah, completely. oh yeah, it's a big night out with the lads. Completely. You know, um, and I think, I think it also just speaks to the, the, the slightly just transient nature of like people's relationship with London now, like none of us live in flats longer than like a year yeah. or two years, you know, maybe you don't even live in like the same area for that long. Yeah. So no one has that idea of like fix. So I think almost in a way, like some people who even live in London yeah. who f- still probably feel a little bit like they're commuters who've like, uh, traveling in. Cause it does feel it has that kind of like otherness to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the sensation that it's like, I don't know if you, if maybe this is going off a tangent too far, but I've always found since I moved to London about th- three and a half years ago, almost to this feeling that London had kind of happened. And now there was like a shiny uh, version, like a, this this new thing they'd built that was doing an impression of London that mm. I was like, allowed, like a theme park version yeah, of London oh, that yes, I could, like, absolutely. It's um, it's it, it London feels is the
0: Dan Ninen of cities, <laughs> comedian Dan. Uh, I don't. It's we we used to have London, but apparently it was just someone trying to charge the Samsung Galaxy S7. Uh, That's what it is. That's the f- this fucking city is, isn't it? Yeah.
2: it's a place to just charge our electronic devices in, for a
0: while um, in a bakery in 1666 or whatever. <laughs> well, it's like it's it, the thing. I mean, it's the same. It's to me, I, honestly. Um, this it, I think one of the reasons I was sort of so uh, amped to this episode is that it. It would really get out a, It would be sort of A cathartic Of all of my frustrations With this fucking city mm. um, Which is That it does feel It's not really London It's London land Yeah It's It's it It's, it's Everything is sort of ab- Abstracted Kind of one level up Of we We of no one actually does anything here anymore it's also like
2: a, it's also like a very upper middle class experience oh too, yeah right? absolutely so like the things that we're talking about like let's be kind of honest here like we talk about it because we occupy a certain social position in the city where like the, this stuff is really orientated towards us like escape rooms have been built in places where like there were job centers and you know home like law centers totally. and like yeah stuff like that right um there's like one in London Bridge. Um, In many ways. Room. The
1: job center is like an escape. <laughs> <room>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll only ever get out of it if you fulfill a very specific and odd set of criteria. You are genuinely play-acting not being an upper-middle-class, early-career professional. You're play-acting having to do something. You're play-acting having to exist with stakes. Mm, You are play-acting not living in essentially...
3: And actually, as as an interesting side note to that... Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're (laughs) play-acting. As a a side note to that, the first time I actually registered the experience economy as a thing was not... Actually, in London, or with people my age, it was with my parents. Ah. uh who my dad started buying. He always fucked up buying stuff. My mum bought like a wash bag um, three Christmases running. Would always get it wrong. And then he twigged if he bought my mum tea at the Ritz or like uh, like a gin and tonic tea yeah. at like a, a Mayfair hotel where they just go up. They so they live in Bristol. They'll get a mega bus up to London. Yeah, have tea at the Ritz or whatever yeah. for an hour um with these vouchers these like red yeah. letter day things and then get the mega bus back again i was going to say this is like a mega bus is the is like experience very, economy <laughs> it's, it's very yeah. red
2: letter day it's also very like apprentice yeah like, you yeah, know they yeah, always yeah, have that yeah. apprentice episode where it's like you've got they to have make to... some sort of experience totally thing. but the class uh, yeah. thing
3: really struck me with my parents in terms of coming from like a, a very just, I mean, I, I come from Bristol, which I feel always conjures images in people's minds of, like, quite nice Victorian houses. This is and sort of like, But, like, well, yeah, there is that. But, like, I, I, I'm much more, like, the, the kind of, there's a suburban, boring shit yeah, end yeah. to it, yeah. which Wait, is where I grew North? up. Uh, <laughs> do you grew up in Lockleys? Anywhere no, in no, 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 I know. Shit, you know Bristol, wow. Um, How do you no, know Bristol?
0: That's a story for another day.
3: Uh, <laughs> um, I fucked all over this country, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> It
1: was it, it, Somerset and Avon was the last county that Riley had yet to
3: bust in. <laughs> so basically, yeah. long story short, what I really observed very early with them is the, as, the very naked aspirational, class aspirational thing for them. It's like they are lower middle class people. Yeah. who, And my mum really enjoyed <coughs> that she could pay not that much money necessarily in yeah. order to put on a nice hat. Go into the Ritz, yeah. have tea and like really small cucumber sandwiches, which is kind yeah. of rip off, you think. Like you know, kind of paid a bit of money, maybe make it a bigger sandwich. Yeah, yeah. but um, to really just to have that indulge in that experience and then yeah. leave it again, literally on a mega bus, like it's such a uh a yeah. kind of um basic. Yeah, I
2: mean it's it, I mean it is like the purest form of this. It's like a, a very pure form of escapism, right? Right. Um, and I've sort of know I've noticed this like when you look at like deals or like if you're looking for like birthday gifts or something like that like loads of them loads of that stuff like comes up i saw i was looking for a birthday gift for i was looking for a mother's day gift for my mum, um and loads of stuff i saw in like last minute deals and stuff um and i wasn't looking for anything specifically but it was kind of like you know you can go on like a yachting you can go on like a cruise or you can go on like more like red letter day stuff or like lots of fighting of
1: for isis <laughs> experience
2: <laughs> one, one of one of the one of the big things was like yeah afternoon tea at uh, the carlton hotel right yeah um I sort of I mean I sort of see the and you also when you go to Fortnum & Mason if you ever go to Fortnum & Mason I don't recommend it
0: um, unless of course you're you're the anarchist group pretty gang from north london <laughs> and you just go in and like take it over for a day but they in which case definitely go to fortnum and mason they have
2: they have like a tea room like downstairs or something and if right. you go down like the people who are doing it are all like they're either chinese tourists or they're like i guess people like your parents right yeah. they've come yeah, because you've come specifically from... for that experience mm. um and i think and again it sort of goes back to like if you do not live in london or you don't kind of like if you're not like a young kind of professional who works in the city maybe there's an appeal to those things that like we just don't feel because we have connotations Mm. to like the people who kind of not only create not only like indulge in them but actually like create them Mm. right
3: well i guess it makes sense right that my parents want to do tea at the ritz whereas largely people who are our age who live in london what they want to do is basket weaving or you know like a pottery class because they 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 want want to feel the like the the experience that is not like uh raw adrenaline thrill (laughs) (laughs) well
0: my question is i need to feel alive my question is right like Every time, because I, I I find myself sometimes if I'm in sort of groups of more norm-ass friends, like having to say, ah, I'm, it's not really my, you guys go, go ahead. I'm not really going to do it. They're like, ah, oh, Riley, it's just fun. Mm. I find myself having to respond to that quite a bit. <laughs> and, this is why,
2: and this is why you end up in a ball pit once a week. <laughs>
0: Once uh, ever, (laughs) once ever, uh, Hussein, and it was for sex. I did it for sex, and I'm never gonna do it again. And I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed I ever did it, and she was very attractive.
3: Can you describe what the actual the experience was like? Not the sex. (laughs) I mean the ball pit. And that's
1: how I was thrown out of the pirate activity play center. (laughs) (laughs) Look, okay, can never go back there.
3: I'm just intrigued because like the the ball pit is one that I've heard about, but is just too. I can't.
0: The ball pit's the er ur- example of this thing. You barely where,
2: adopted the ball pit.
0: Where we talk <laughs> I about... I was born in it. I Not was born in it. Morded it. born it. by its Not plastic. It. <laughs> <laughs> I do the pain impression now, Milo. love. <laughs> When the, I'm being when the ball
1: pit is covered with my semen, then you have my permission to eject me from the facility.
2: <laughs> every day I come, every day I think we're going to do a really smart
0: show and it never happens. You
2: are going to you're going to tell us about your ball pit experience. I just want to know what yeah. it was actually like in
3: in, well, look, in sight amongst the balls.
0: Here's the here's the thing.
3: <laughs> it's not the first time Ryan is stored been in by the ball pit, balls deep if you will.
0: It um okay, here's the thing. Like wait, right, our main topic of discussion, right, on this whole thing is that ultimately the experience economy, whether it's our generation or our parents' generation, it's ways to kind of participate in a little bit of something that you think is going to somehow transform you momentarily and passively. And it's a little bit like going to the cinema. You're just sort of, it's a, it's a momentary experience that's then very much done. I mean, it's just like commodity fetishism. I think the ball pit bar, because there's a l- bar in London, that is a, has a ball pit in it so but i think but ultimately the thing the reason i think it's infantilizing is that it, that this whole concept is infantilizing not the ball pit but the premise the experience economy itself is infantilizing is that it's so passive it's that it's essentially just different ways to act out doing a coloring in book you know it's like it's you go to a pasta making class and you can do as you can, you can sort of execute it well or poorly, but very little of you goes into it. It's just you're sort of incidental to the whole process. Right. And I think the ball pit is the example of that because it is just you doing a baby activity. There's You're not even pretending that you're acting anything. Yeah, right. you're, not, you're not pretending that you're even acting on the world anymore. You're just jumping around in some balls. And the issue for me with that is that it is a, a baby activity and it's largely you just saying i'm gonna be a baby now i'm because my life is garbage and i want to go back and rather than make it better i want to go back to a time where i didn't realize it was garbage
3: yet mm. um i think also i mean the tension we keep coming up against is this thing that in not wanting to participate in that you're colored as a uh, cynic and perhaps the most kind and and it also it comes down to that thing of like you I've often been made to feel like I'm being pretentious. Like, uh, oh yeah, people are going to call us pretentious for doing this episode. Absolutely,
2: but in a way, I think call us pretentious. But (laughs) for having for having a podcast,
3: (laughs) is eating like
1: soft French cheeses on mic. I don't understand
3: why they call us pretentious. (laughs) But I think I think also it's part of owning being pretentious and like owning why people react against you, like, when people are negative about my reaction to some of these, like, more, yeah, it's fun. Like, so I was actually in the pub, so it made me laugh when you talked about the word fun the other, like, just now. Um I was in the pub with some friends the other night, and we were talking about something, we must have been talking about something very similar, and I genuinely took a drag of a cigarette uh, like a war veteran and then said, "Uh, fun is a very dangerous word. It's one <laughs> of the worst things that's ever, it's one of the yes. worst sentences that's ever left my mouth. No, but it's but totally, it's totally right. what I mean. It like And again, it's like, it sounds really pretentious, but I, I know exactly what I mean when I say that, as pretentious as it sounds. Mm. Because there's actually a lot of value in pretentiousness and in the sort of like long-term investment of taking something seriously uh, and valuing something beyond um, it just being fun. Like, oh, but this is just kind of fun. Like, why don't you want to do that? Because yeah. it's fun. And that's, that's what matters, right? Because we're not yeah. working now. We're having fun. Um, that sort
2: of culture needs to be like fed into like for it to kind of be facilitated it needs to be like part of the wider, I guess, not not even like the socio-economic like culture, right? Because at the moment, it's one of those things where if you want to take pride in your extracurricular activities, you shouldn't even call them extracurricular activities. They should be like part of your own being. Right? Yeah. But I think because- we, there is no
1: curriculum anymore. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, there's no curriculum anymore, but it's sort of like, I think for a lot of these young people who like, they go to school, they go to university, then they go straight to these corporate jobs. And like, my sister works in one of these corporate jobs. And I've seen like what her schedule looks like. And it's pretty much like going to school, back to school again. You have your time sectioned off, like really- like, really neatly. So it sort of feels as if it's a curriculum, even if, like, if you're getting paid. you try paid...
1: and go to the toilet at McKinsey, they write your name on the board <laughs> and take time with <laughs> your break.
2: Um, so, like, even if you've left school, in theory, like, that
3: culture, like, still... Totally, yeah, still totally. Exists. And it's why you so it, get this yeah. really sharp line drawn. It's playtime, basically, right? Yeah. That's what this is. It's like, oh, it's playtime now. The bell has rung. Yeah. So we all run out and do terrarium workshops. Like, it's, it's this very... Mm-hmm weirdly clear line i think it really connects to our attitudes towards the arts in this country and how like terrarium
1: workshop sounds like a new metal band from the early 2000s (laughs) (laughs) brendan (laughs) o'neill loves them it's
2: also why like whenever so all my all my family like they all like except for me because i'm like the dumb fail son um they all have like professional jobs working in the city right they all work in like similar like, looking offices they all wear like the similar types of suits they all have like the same hours right they're even doing like nine to six none of them would ever like Whereas some
1: of us like to make more flamboyant shirts <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> look I'm, look i'm gonna give i'm gonna give a white coke shirt to my cousin and if he doesn't like it then i'm just like cutting off all ties <laughs> with him. Um, and the white coke tie as well uh... <laughs> You know, n- n- idiot. N- none of it, none of them will ever think about like, n- let alone like taking time out during a day to record a dumb podcast. Like actually starting a podcast to begin with, right? Because it's not that's not part of like how they've sort of been conditioned to be. You totally. have to be like completely broken, like us. <laughs> like, be- so, but I was actually
3: yeah, saying, I'm saying a
0: one hour podcasting workshop that I'm. <laughs> <played laughs> <for Yeah>. <laughs> 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 yo if some like if some like fucking sad office douchebag wants to like pay us like i don't know 400 quid to like do a one hour podcasting experience workshop with them glass we of, will. Glass of Prosecco
3: thrown in. hey look
0: you know we can partner up with like the romaniacs or oh pod save
3: america <laughs> yeah
0: totally the I, i'm sure <laughs> are they part of the looney tunes universe <laughs> <laughs> For, yeah yeah I, I would absolutely be i think we know we need to do is like yeah you you show up at a place that's just like my flat. It's yeah. the Riley's Flat Land, <laughs> and then you sit and we record a podcast yeah, and a Supreme hoodie at the door, which you have to keep on at all times. I'm not wearing anything by Supreme, Milo. Fuck you.
3: Do you know what? it's fucked up. I can. I'm so sure this exists. Like get, I'm like, so co- co- sure you, you get, can like, go co- co- somewhere. Cheese and like sourdough. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that you get it emailed to you afterwards. Of it. it's like, hey guys, pick on here, and we'll send your <laughs> podcast to you. And it's like ten <laughs> minutes long, and it's you talking about like what you did last week. I, be, I fucking it's, bet that exists. And
0: it's you talking about what you did last week in the experience economy. Yeah, it's
3: like, it's you talking about
0: your terrarium workshop. <laughs> and so, okay. So speaking of, I did go to the ball pit bar. Yes. <laughs> um, I did it. I did it some some months previously. Do you sorry, I've But I did not inhale. (laughs) (laughs) I went to the ball pit bar, I did not inhale. Do you
3: buy a drink and then get in the ball pit or is there a bar bordering the ball pit? That's
0: the weird thing, is it's a bar that and here's the oh here's the other crazy fucking experience economy thing about it, which is that it's all the cocktails are themed on old candies. Woo so Candace, really, it's yeah, come be oh, wow. like it's like be a kid, but be so drunk that you act like a kid and come here on Tinder dates. It really is. It's it's just it is it is a version of adulthood that's only incidentally different from childhood.
1: Wait, yeah. how old are these candies? How old are we talking? Are we talking like hard boiled and not very tasty, or are we talking like gollywogs on the packaging? Like,
0: what? <laughs> 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 so what you get, and then you can have drinks, and you just you go, okay. You then someone says you can get in the ball pit now.
3: Well, you have to wait for their permission. <laughs> That's just... Yeah, you book time. That's... Wow. Yeah,
0: and then um, you, you can't bring your out. drink in. What? Yeah, you can't bring your drink. You have to just be in the ball pit minus a drink.
3: I genuinely don't know what I'd do. If I, I stood around to... uncomfortably. Do you just, like, throw balls at people? I don't even... You're I think... supposed
0: to dive and, and, and play in it. That's Yeah. Have a game. yeah. If you're like, you can have the many thing. Fucking, like political... 50, 50% of the ball pit's clientele are, like, people who are really actually genuinely into it. And then the other 50% are people who are, like, irony-poisoned podcasters who are being dragged and are like, oh, maybe this can be content later, but because of <laughs> irony, holy shit, I'm just like the rest of them. <laughs> and he looked from irony podcaster to normie and back from normie to
1: irony podcaster, and he found he could no longer tell the difference. <laughs>
2: The the, the question that, like, I feel that we're getting towards is, like, what happens now? Like, is this going to be, like, a permanent part of, Mm. like, our economy? And I think, because this obviously fits into, like, this wider kind of economic change, at least in this city anyway, where, you know... You most jobs that are being created are like short-term contracted jobs, they're like things like Uber and delivery, they large and then the ones that are kind of more permanent with like more stable contract are like these boring fucking office jobs, which sort of like feed the experience economy to begin mm-hmm. with, right? Um so it feels it feels again like just with lots of this normal economy, it feels like this giant like human centipede. Um and like I feel that there's lots of people who sort of when they kind of think about it, they're like, actually, yeah, there are a lot of problems with this. But you're sort of encouraged not to think too deeply. Like, so this is also why like my cousins sort of berate me every time. I'm like, why do why the fuck would I want to go trampolining? Because they mm. give the same answer as like your mates, right? Which is, why are you like, you know, stop kind of thinking like this and just like go have fun? Like, what's wrong with you? Just mm. loosen up. Yeah. Enjoy this thing. on always, a surface level. Yeah, mm. it's like just loosen up, stop kind of thinking too much about it. And I sort of see some sense in that just because of like, I think if you kind of delve too much in, it can really like fuck up your mental health and totally totally um but then at the same time like i'm a dumb like podcast with a broken brain and like i'm never gonna
3: no no this is the thing it's like i actually have learned that it's really important to be like yeah all of this is totally true but then again if like if all my friends say like oh let's go to the crazy golf bar like i will probably i will still have a good like a good time if i go to a bar where i get drunk and play like Create like, do you know what I mean the, my, my kind of like? Well, actually, the experience economy speaks to a broader malaise. that like, well, that wears off after like the third drink. That does
0: not wear off with uh. me, baby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if anything if it, intensifies, oh, like oh, if, if
0: anything, I get louder and more Marxist.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I think in terms of like an end point, I think what is I mean, obvious yeah. to me is that like it's so inherently married to so much yeah. uh, else about <coughs> London and. Um, capitalism at its current stage that actually i don't see it being something i don't think this particular strain of culture is just gonna like oh actually this is kind of dumb let's go back to like like it's it's well, a cri- well, it's reaching the, when crisis the exodus the to Grantham happens. it's the thing yeah,
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. never yeah. it's never gone away like this is this because this this is we've what we were talking about in like the dialectic of enlightenment right this is what we're talking about the dorno and horkheimer this is what we're talking about like it's been like this forever it's just it's now it's just as every element of uh, of sort of of capitalism has it's become more naff and stupid and obvious mm. than it ever was mm. and but that's the process of it just that's its own contradiction it's the lo- it's that capitalism creates its own kitsch it creates its own stupidity and it it will just continue sort of being this kind of plastic simulacrum of itself over and over and over again and it's going to get worse and worse and worse hey that's ultimately i mean like oh look i'll talk about this on a commie book club but like my it's, it's an aesthetic objection that has at the root of everything that i say um Do you know pewdiepie has a book club now yeah, well, I have oh, one wow. too. I don't, and also so I, don't drop, I don't drop doing a heating gaming moment. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. If I have like a heated Marxism moment, I don't do slurs. I
2: feel that, I feel that could be actually be the point of redemption. The thing that Milo said, which is that like, video games. I feel like video oh, yeah. games are the thing that's going to be like the, the, the thing that will destroy
3: like the experience economy as it exists. Mm. Like, well, you wonder where like VR fits into this because that's like surely yeah. the ultimate artificial experience yeah. right is doing something that's literally not happening yeah. but you experience it and that could
2: much. be that could be really fascinating I mean it'll be its own fucking dystopia like don't get me wrong um but the fact that like you can get these like wild experiences that like no escape room could ever offer um and you and you don't even need to like leave your house or anything mm. like that could really like a, kind a of,
1: one-time
0: yeah. VR class where yeah. you can learn the way of the bleed but <laughs> Thank you Will Keith. But here's the here's the thing, right? Like uh, this this is that is that this is t- it's it's taking closer and closer and closer as it gets more and more and more abstracted to basically the kind of any kind of human agenda setting or in, an ingenuity any human agenda setting power or human capacity for ingenuity is becoming less and less and less necessary as more and more people are simply just policy takers where there's like three people who are setting the agenda. And everybody just rides Ubers to and from their their Amazon drop off, and then their Experience Economy thing, and their fucking pasta making class, and then their job where they copy things from one spreadsheet to another. That that whole sentence sounds like something Liz Truss would tweet unironically. <laughs> oh, she'd
1: be like, "This is great." It's about not being a policy taker but being a policy maker. We're riding an
2: Uber to our pasta making class with our friends that we met online. We, we all know that famous freedom fighter Winnie Mandela really did fight just for like you know the susten- sustenance of delivery.
0: Oh, of course. <laughs> no, but it's uh, but that's the right thing, to right. steal it's, the
2: honey from whoever she goddamn please.
1: It's
0: just, it's, <laughs> it, it's just, it's just that 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 this whole thing is about is basically just about is about the human element of your own life becoming less important and making it so that your life could basically be lived by anybody because it's all been kind of smoothed over, mm. and the choices have basically been made for you at this stage. Um, and so really, I mean, we say what next? I mean. I don't know revolution,
3: yeah, well, I mean to be honest, I actually was gonna say on a positive note, I do think that it means that if you go against that grain, which you can do when it comes to the like, experience economy, you can do that very easily,
0: so we're doing now, uh
3: exactly right, you know, I don't You're experience podcasting. anything, I just sit in a black eared darkened room uh that's kind that's my, that's my revolution. I close the curtains, I lock the door, try and make me experience something. I refuse uh
1: just try and make myself feel something <laughs> yeah
3: yeah
2: um <laughs> play the play the smiths in the
0: background. yeah 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 me me Reading, uh, writing spectator up. columns yeah
3: yeah um <laughs> yeah. But, but in all seriousness i think that it, what it does mean is that if you can recognize the the negative uh undercurrent of the um experience economy then it gives you a great almost like a superpower you means you can basically be like well i'm just not gonna do that and as soon as you realize how much more you can get out of I, yeah, I don't know. Like starting up a, a music space that does have like the same DJ every week, and you do build like a community around things. Like suddenly building up small artistic communities has so much more power. You're um, giving Riley ideas to like set up a pop-up like
2: techno, no. yeah, techno, yeah. techno <laughs> yeah. place. In this, in this. Oh, I totally.
3: I mean, it's not music. We, ha- we
0: haven't talked. We haven't talked about me being in Bergheim in a while. Um,
3: uh, I Bergheim Bur- head. That's good. Just Riley
0: <laughs> explaining the Frankfurt School over a minimal beat. No, it's like that's the thing. It's like it's. it's I'm all about. I'm all about music. music. Music in Berlin and philosophy in Frankfurt via Geneva and L.A. Anyway, but I think that that's totally right, is that Mm -hmm. the way to cure this is is by understanding that, like, the best way to experience culture isn't to sort of take it in either through either passively or through experience, but or through the, the experience economy. But by sort of either critically engaging with it or just fucking making it.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's participation that goes beyond experience. Like experience isn't participation inherently. It's like uh, just viewing something. Um, it is actually about building community and and being a part of it.
0: Hell, motherfucking yeah. Hell yeah. That's a fucking dunk. I'm ready to end on boys. Hell yeah, Very nice.
3: Great. Well, Yo. we're off
0: to
2: we're off to escape room. Yeah, tr- <laughs> tr- um, guys. I've actually got a hot date <laughs> in a ball pit, so uh, I'll see you guys. Uh, guys, the Trash Future Escape Room, upcoming uh, episode.
0: Angus, thank you very much for coming on. For this was an, an, an excellent episode. We've been wanting to do for a while. Yes. It's a pleasure.